0: for a holiday edition of Bosco's Boys, first and foremost, happy Independence Day to everyone out there. Uh, you know, celebrate responsibly America becoming a country, the best country in the world, and kicking England's ass back in 1776 when a gritty group of basically farmers beat the most sophisticated army in the history of the world and then we beat them again in 1812 and soon we're going to beat them in the world cup later on this year in november so i hope everyone's enjoying their fourth of july they're having a great one if you're listening to this on the fifth sixth, or whenever you're listening to this i hope it was a safe and happy holiday um I'm going to talk about all the fireworks that are going around K-State Athletics today. Try to get a little bit of a theme show going. I will say this. I'm recording this in the afternoon of July 1st. And with everything that's going on in conference realignment, this is the most dangerous time to be a sports podcaster and try to pre-record something. So, uh, you know... (laughs) Some of this, especially in the front part, because I will talk a little bit about what's going on in the Pac-12 Big Ten, how it relates to K-State and the Big 12 up front. Um, If something wild has happened over this holiday weekend, just fast forward. It will not hurt my feelings. But before you do, for all you Apple folks out there, make sure that you have ColorCast downloaded because this upcoming Wednesday at 7 p.m., it might be the single most wild Color cast we've had in a very long time. Conference realignment, plus hopefully party rocking, celebrating the commitment of Elite 11 quarterback Avery Johnson. We will be getting that news hopefully Tuesday, I believe at 3 p.m. on CBS Sports HQ, which is the 24 7 sports streaming uh, app or website of CBS Sports. So that'll be live online. Uh but before we get to that again fireworks that's that's you know the cheap theme for this 4th of July episode and they're all over the place. You know I'm going to touch on conference realignment, football recruiting, football as a whole, basketball and even towards the end I'll talk about why there are fireworks associated with the women's basketball team and volleyball team as well. But I'm going to start with conference realignment. And the fireworks obviously were set off originally by the Big Ten, taking USC and UCLA from the Pac-12. Now rumors swirling about Notre Dame, Oregon, Washington, Stanford. All sorts of fireworks there. I said in the last show, uh, go back to Friday's episode if you want to hear me go more in depth. Uh, But the genie's out of the bottle, but it is completely... Uh, ruining college football. It's not NIL, although I don't think that's necessarily helping. It's these TV contracts and these schools that are chasing after, uh, you know, being able to hang a banner for TV revenue versus the history uh, and rivalries that they're entrenched in. Uh, But the fireworks I'm specifically going to talk about have to do with the Big 12. First off, I'm going to go on my rant and folks who listened last year know how much I hate the national college football media when it comes to conference realignment because they're just flat-out ignorant, just ignorant to the history, to the value, to everything that the Big 12 has had and will have moving forward. First off, the way national college football podcasters, writers, media members are reacting to this news versus how they reacted to Oklahoma and Texas leaving really shows what is going on. They are literally weeping for the Pac-12 because of all the history, all of this, all of that. And I am absolutely livid. Livid about it. They pretend like the Pac 12 is the only conference that has all this history. Stuart Mandel went on his nationally syndicated podcast and tried to say, oh, this is different from when the Big 12 almost collapsed because they were created in 1996. And oh, all these California and Oregon schools have been playing each other since the 1890s. It's different. Well, first off, no, they haven't. K-State has a longer history and has played more games with KU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, in uh, similar amount of games with Oklahoma, Missouri, Nebraska, and we haven't even been in the same conference with in division with those teams for all this time, than USC has with Stanford, which is one of the longest-running games in the Pac-12. To pretend that the Big 12 was just born out of thin air in 1996 while the Pac-12 has been together since the early 1900s, that is such bullshit. The majority in the genesis of the Big 12 had been together since the 1890s, had been playing games consistently since the 1900s, the early 1900s, pre-World War I, 1900s. And that was the Big 8. And then the four original Texas schools had been playing each other for just as long. And that's Chauncey sneezing because he's allergic to the bullshit of Stuart Mandel and most of the folks of their ilk. Just ignorant idiots when it comes to the history of the Big 12 and how enriched our history is with each other. To pretend that the history is not there with our schools, but it is with the Pac-12 schools, is just fucking stupid. He isn't... Stuart Mandel is one of the worst humans when it comes to covering college football because he is in this tiny little California bubble where he goes on there and weeps for college football in the Bay Area and then he throws backhanded comments and jokes about the schools in the big 12 and flyover country and how oh it wouldn't have mattered if it died off there and oh it's just this big fucking tragedy for the Bay Area, for Cal and Stanford. And I'm not trying to take the piss out of Cal and Stanford. That The game, that there's history there. And that game isn't going to go away. And I'm not trying to minimize the rivalries there. But to pretend that San Francisco and San Jose is this beacon of college football culture and fandom is bullshit. There's a reason why... Cal and Stanford are located in one of the most booming metropolitan areas. And no one shows up to the games. No one watches the games. So spare me and miss me with this bullshit about how it is a dark day for the Bay Area. And then make jokes about the Great Plains. To make jokes about, oh, there's no history amongst the Big 12 schools. Miss me with that bullshit. The next thing that's going to cause fireworks... Or some of these galaxy brain clowns that are trying to say that it's time for the Pac-12 to come in and try to poach away from the Big 12 again. Now, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, I don't see why they would want to go to a conference that's going to make less money, that is now less stable, that has even less of a future than the new Big 12. I don't know why BYU would want to go there after that conference, thumb their nose up, up at them all this time and I still have my doubts that places like Stanford and Cal would share a conference with BYU. And then some folks trying to say Baylor and TCU. I just fail to see how that is a realistic possibility. But the national media is going to come out here and spout these lines and try to get everyone all worked up because it's a lazy take. And again, because they don't value, they ignore everything that the Big 12 is. And I'm not trying to sit up here like, you know, some dude who is on Breitbart News complaining about the mainstream media and all this type of stuff. I promise that is not the angle I'm trying to go for. I'm not Kevin Keatsman. That is not what I'm trying to do. I'm not Kevin Keatsman trying to, you know, rail against... The the nat, like the mainstream, I, I promise, that is not my angle here. But the agenda, and maybe it's not even an agenda, maybe it truly is just arrogance and being short-sighted and failing to do the minimal amount of due diligence when talking about a subject that they continue to shit on the Big 12, say, oh, they're going to be picked over, and oh, why wouldn't KU, Texas Tech, and Baylor go to the Pac-12 to play basketball? Are you, are you serious? That was a serious blue check tweet. The new Big 12 is going to be the single greatest basketball conference ever created. And Seth Greenberg is going to act like, oh, these three basketball properties should go to the Pac-12. Really? That is a joke of a basketball conference. And USC and UCLA are two of the better programs in the Pac-12 For basketball, and KU, Texas Tech, and Baylor are going to go there, give me a break. This is going to be the greatest basketball conference ever created. Now, I think the Big 12 should flip things and get ready to do some fireworks of their own. Now, I don't know if anyone is going to make a move until the Big 10 has decided what they're going to do next. Because they're obviously going to be going after Notre Dame, and I think if Notre Dame accepts, they will say they want Stanford as their partner because they have a long history together. So then the, the Big Ten would have to decide if they want to go up to 20 right now and take Oregon and Washington or if they're going to hold Pat, wait for the ACC or what. Once that happens, once they figure out what's going on, if Notre Dame says thanks but no thanks, I think Oregon and... Washington or going to the Pac-12. But regardless, whenever the time comes, the Big 12 has to do some fireworks of their own. Now, if Washington and Oregon are on the table if Stanford leaves, what you need to do is you have to do the full court press to try to get Oregon and Washington. Even if you think that in the future, those two may go up to the Big 10, you take them now and then you add either two or four from the mountain time zone. And you do kill off the Pac-12. Again, I I said on Friday, I have sympathy for Washington State fans, Oregon State fans. Um, I, I do. It sucks. We were there. But you have to do, if you're the Big 12, you have to do what is right for your conference and do the fireworks and get the teams that improve your conference and kill off your competitor when you're talking about conference media rights, when you're talking about prestige, you just have to do it. Now, ideally, that includes Oregon and Washington. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think those two end up getting an invite to the Big Ten. So you take Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, and you go up to 16 teams. And now, if you can get all six of them with Oregon and Washington included, you go up to 18, then good. That's fine. I think that is the best... uh, possible thing again that's a lot of teams you're going to have to figure out scheduling with 18 and that sucks but again the, whether we like it or not and i don't like it this is what college football is so you have to do your best to maximize the next 10 years before the acc grant of rights expire and it does become full-on armageddon afc nfc college football that's what you have to do i don't like it but that's what you have to do Um, ideally 16 i mean hell ideally it's eight teams you go back to eight teams you play five non-conference games and you do all that type stuff but that is so far gone so you maximize what you can you create the big 18 you have teams in every single time zone which again isn't ideal but this is this kind of bastardized conference that stretches from sea to shining sea But that's what you got to do to maximize the next 10 years. If you can get Washington Oregon, you do it. Ideally, I think the 16-team conference we should be targeting would just be the four mountain time zone schools uh, added to the new 12. And I think that is a distinct possibility. And I do hope that the Big 12 schools can rally around together and for the first time ever be functional and be forward-thinking. And that's something that isn't present in the Big 12. There are fireworks amongst the schools because if you go read the Sports Illustrated article about Brett Yormack coming in and being the new Big 12 commissioner, the former COO of Rock Nation, throw your rock up, shout out to Jay-Z. Two of them were completely trashing the hire. Then you have one source going to Dennis Dodd saying, oh, we're not looking at expansion. You have one source going to Brett McMurphy saying, yes, the Big 12 is going to be aggressive. Everything is contradicting. And that is what worries me about the Big 12. I thought that there weren't going to be any hiccups, any obstacles, because I didn't see anything changing until the ACC grant of rights happened. I thought, okay, it doesn't matter that the ADs and the leadership amongst this conference are fighting with each other even with texas's uh exit there's a power vacuum in there's schools trying to fill it i didn't think it was really going to matter i think ult- i thought ultimately it was going to be about getting the best tv rights deal until 2034 and moving on but obviously this throws an entire wrench in that and you're seeing the dysfunction show itself already it's sad that there are some ad's I think one of them is in Lawrence, Kansas and one of them is in Ames, Iowa who are cosplaying like big swinging dicks when in reality they're a bunch of, a bunch of chuckleheads. When really they need to be getting together. All the eighties need to be in lockstep for once. Because we can make some fireworks for the next 10 years and really cement ourselves as that third best conference. Get a good payout and everyone succeed for 10 years. And then give everyone the ability to figure out what's next when the ACC collapses. But everyone is a short-term thinker in the Big 12, not long-term. I'm hoping that the new AD can wrangle the cats and figure it out. Now let's move on to the fireworks in K-State football recruiting. Again, we're going to be talking about Avery Johnson on Wednesday, 7 p.m. on ColorCast. Please join us. Donovan McIntosh committed to K-State. And that's a firework in itself. That's another recruiting win over Nebraska, over Iowa State, over Kansas, for a St. Louis kid who has better high school track times than Terrence Newman, a guy who is just as tall as Julius Brents, just as long. This guy is the prototype physical attribute type guy for an NFL corner over the last eight years six out of the last eight years actually no seven out of the last eight years if you look at the 247 recruiting composite ratings this guy either would have been the number one or number two recruit in the K-State class he would have been one of the crown jewels of the last seven, seven out of the last eight recruiting classes number 10 player in the state of Missouri. One of the top prospects in the city of St. Louis. And it's kind of going under the radar because of what has been going on in K-State football recently. But he in himself is a firework type player. He is a guy who will probably be an NFL draft pick in four to five years. And it's going under the radar. I don't know what a great... uh You know, he's almost like one of those fountains, you know, fireworks. I love the fountains. I think they sometimes get overshadowed by some of it, but they're one of the coolest fireworks out there. It's been so long since I've actually bought fireworks, so maybe that's a horrible uh, metaphor. But that's a firework pickup. It's an amazing pickup. And it's going under the radar because, again, you had some pretty big fireworks in state already. But Macintosh is a massive firework. It was a massive recruiting win. It's the biggest one this staff has gotten in St. Louis because it's been a while. You know what's great about it is we locked him in early. Once we got him on campus for a visit, he was hardly giving anyone else any attention. Nebraska had him in on visits, and it didn't move the needle because K-State had done such a good job once we got him on campus, locking in on him. And Nebraska used to be this big boogeyman when it comes to recruiting. But maybe it's not anymore. Arkansas was in on him. KU was throwing everything they could at him. Didn't move the needle. This is one of the most under-the-radar fireworks maybe ever. Again, this is a kid who would have been a crown jewel most years. But we already had some massive fireworks in state. Camden Beebe, something similar. Nebraska tried really hard to get in on him. Oklahoma State. Lots of schools tried to get on him. He didn't give them the time of day. Wildcat. Dylan Edwards, a blue chip recruit. We just kind of give the double bird to Oklahoma. Says thanks, but no thanks. Oregon tried to get in on him. So many schools. Nebraska, Missouri. Nope. That's a big boom firework. Andre Davis, a wide receiver, a guy that we don't have this type of luck. Son of former Chief Willie Davis. Actually was born in Texas. Comes up to Kansas, Blue Valley, where we seem to have a pretty good record going. He's right there on the border of being a four-star. Another guy who in a lot of classes over the last eight years would have been one of the crown jewels. Iowa, nope. Iowa State, nope. All these programs we've had issues recruiting against recently, we beat them out. We have the fireworks. Will Ancio, honestly, maybe the most underrated guy, but again, another regional win. At one point, people think he's going to KU. Iowa, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Again, all these regional schools, these Power 5 recruiting wins, in-state, in-state fireworks, nope. We, we win. So there are so many fireworks going on at K-State. You have Joe Jackson actually uh, committing today, hopefully to K-State, another all-purpose back, similar to Dylan Edwards, that type of speed. He's one where we're going against Rutgers, Duke, Iowa State, Vanderbilt, Louisville, out of Florida. He's a top 100 Florida kid. I'm pretty sure we're going to get him. Another firework. And the big one, the big boomer, the the finale of this kind of, you know, two-week rush, Avery Johnson, was named as one of the elite 11 quarterbacks. This guy is an elite athlete. He's a three-star athlete out of Mays. He's All-State in three sports. And he goes to a competition and goes through this camp circuit that's all about arm, arm talent. You know, he doesn't really get a chance to show off his speed, his elusiveness, his field vision. Just arm. And what does he do? Goes out there and proves that he's one of the 11 best throwing quarterbacks in the nation. We've talked about Notre Dame tried to come in. He said, nope, too late. Oregon tried to get him. He's like, eh, I don't think so. Washington, eh, I don't think so. Florida State, Texas A&M. Nah, I don't think so. LSU, nope, sorry. K-State won that recruitment. Again, for the number one. Well, I assume we won the recruitment. Something wild would have to happen on Wednesday and it's going to be a bit of a me- or on Tuesday, and it'll be a bit of a meltdown if it doesn't happen. But these are massive fireworks. And again, this recruiting class is going to be built on a lot of in-state type guys. But that is the groundwork and the firework of personality of Chris Kleinman, of Taylor Bratt, Chuck Lilly, Colin Klein, Connor Riley, Brian Lapack, Thad Ward. In the history of the firework players, we have. From the state of Kansas, Darren Sproles, Terrence Newman, Jordy Nelson. The list goes on and on. And it's about time that it starts paying off. We're getting these blue chip guys. We're getting the firework recruits out of the state of Kansas. And we'll be talking about it some more on ColorCast 7 p.m. Download and chat with us. And it's not just recruiting where there's... Fireworks with football. We're expecting fireworks this football season. We've gone from being a dark horse to a media darling and a true contender in the big for the Big Twelve race, the race to get to Arlington, all since the season started. You have our friend Shahan picking us to win nine games. Almost every national podcast they're talking about who can get to Arlington, K State's name gets mentioned. Vegas odds open up with five wins as the over-under. It's probably going to be seven and a half by the time it kicks off. Kansas didn't legalize it fast enough for me to bet the house on it. That's all right. It's going to be fireworks this season on the field with Coach Kleiman trying to really get that marquee season, put his stamp on it, because again, this is the most talented team he's had since he's been at K-State. This might be the most talented ...team on the field since the 2012 K-State team. Most talented team in 10 years. Is that going to result in a Big 12 championship? I don't think so. I, I I wouldn't bet on that. Well, actually, I would. The value on it's crazy. The value on it's still so crazy. But we're going to be contending. If you look at the fireworks on the field by the individual players... Deuce Vaughn, anytime he touches the ball... ...it could be six... You know, we saw it, I I specifically remember it in the Stanford game when I was talking to my friend Matt. We're there, we're, you know, a gallon of Coors Lights deep into the day for that 11 a.m. start. It's like third and 13, I say. and It's just going to be a draw to deuce up the middle and he's going to house it for six. And he does it and no one was surprised. That's how talented this guy is. You know, that Oklahoma State game, Where Jaron Lewis is just swamped. Just dump it off the deuce and he takes it 85 yards for a touchdown. There hasn't been a firework player like that since Tyler Lockett. It's a guy who truly, every time he touches the ball, it could be six. This is an All-American type talent. Then you look at Adrian Martinez. (laughs) If you look at his career at Nebraska, it's not always good fireworks, but it's fireworks. It is it's, it is exciting every snap uh, with Adrian Martinez at Nebraska, if you go back and watch it. You know, he could make an NFL-type throw. He could take off and run and take it 60 yards for a tutty. Or it, it might be a fumble. It might be an interception. Now, I'm hoping those negative fireworks are uh, a lot less here at K-State. He's going to have... An offensive line that has three, maybe even four future NFL draft picks. You're going to have a weapon in Deuce Vaughn. You're going to have experienced wide receivers Cade Warner, Phillip Brooks, Malik Knowles. Malik Knowles is a firework in himself, especially on special teams. Hashtag crib guy. Anytime, anytime a kickoff goes in Malik Knowles, he could take that to a house. Talk about fireworks. But you have all that around him. He's going to have the ability to give us, especially if this Colin Klein offense is half of what the players are saying in the media, tons of fireworks on offense. And it's not just there. You go over to defense, Felix Ndeke Uzama, the six-sack king, no matter what the NCAA tries to say. He's going to be one of the best and most high-profile defensive ends in all of college football. You have Daniel Green who's going to come up there and take your head off. Hopefully less targeting penalties. But he's a violent linebacker. You have all those fireworks. And by God, guys, it's going to be an exciting team. And then you look to the NFL draft, the 2023 NFL draft that's just going to be up the road here in Kansas City, Missouri. And there's a chance... You could see for two Kansas City kids from K-State going in the first round with Felix I already talked about and Cooper Beebe. I think in that same draft, it won't be first round, but you're going to also see Deuce Vaughn. You're also going to see Adrian Martinez. You might see both corners, Echo Boydo and Julius Prince. You could also see Daniel Green, Malik Knowles, and maybe even Josh Hayes. i'm gonna enjoy the hell out of this season because again come april maybe it's in early may i'm not even sure when the nfl draft is but when the time comes you might be hearing what best case scenario nine wildcats drafted i mean that's high i would set the over under maybe at four because a lot of those guys still have eligibility injuries happen maybe cooper really wants to play with camden Maybe Echo wants to get a master's degree. Julius Brents wants to be an All-American. You know, who knows what goes through these guys' heads. You never know. But you're going to hear some Wildcats drafted again. And again, there's the potential for two first-rounders. Both of them are Kansas City kids. Cooper on the Kansas side. Felix on the Missouri side. Those are fireworks. And it's not just Football basketball now has an 11-man roster that you don't have to squint and you don't have to like go full fanboy, full sunshine pumper to say, hey, this could be a bubble team. And now you might be saying, Scott, how do you follow all that up and say bubble team is fireworks? And you, dear listener, you, dear bonehead, might be correct. But because of the splintered K-State fan base. And it's been bad the last three years, but through the entire Bruce Weber era, it was splintered. Even at its best, it was splintered. And I was a big part of that for a long time. But you finally have a fan base that 98, I would say probably 98% of the fan base is all together now. And can you imagine the fireworks that are going to happen if you thump Wichita State in your own building? Which, man... I I hope someone from the athletic department is whispering the the full schedule might drop. That game needs to be rescheduled for night because that's the day after Arlington. Give me enough time to double dip. Give me enough time to drive back up to Kansas from Arlington. Because I need to be in the gym for that one. I need to be in Bramlage for that one. Keep the yellow out. Keep the yellow out. I might have to run some sort of bonehead special. Show me proof that you have a K-State Wichita State ticket. Send you a koozie, something like that. I want as little yellow in there as possible. And it's gonna be impossible. I mean, fuck, there might be some stupid students wearing it. There will be people get into the gym, but hey, if you're gonna do one non-conference game, please make it be that one. Then you got Nebraska and Kansas City. Again, you have a fan base that is unified. And you get some of these wins, there's going to be fireworks. If you put us in a position where you're playing in Big 12 play down the stretch to try to get to the NCAA tournament, Bramlage will fill up. That Iowa State game, back when the idea that getting on the bubble was still there, that was a great crowd. That was a very good crowd. Give the K State fan base now that we're united reason to show up, make some noise, get a little atmosphere in Bramlage, it'll be there. So that's where the fireworks are going to come. Again, you have Marquise Noel. I think Tomlin is going to be a dog. You got Desi Sills. You got Green. You got David Gusan, the end silent the Dutch Dunker-ish, Tomlin, Bebe, Cam Carter, There's some fireworks there. There are some fireworks there. And if this team can make sure that they get the job done as they're learning to be a team in the non-con, Big 12 play is going to be a lot of fun, folks. Those Saturday games in Bramlage is going to feel very doomy again. As long as they take care of business in the non-con. And I tell you what, that Wichita State game in Bramlage... And if, say say things are rolling, say you're on the fringe top 25, and you have Nebraska coming to T-Mobile right before Christmas, folks, I think there's some fireworks. I'm going to end the show, and, and remember, we're going live, ColorCast, 7 p.m., Wednesday night. It's, I, I think it might be one of our most lit ColorCast shows of all time. So be there, be square. I do want to talk about the fireworks that could be happening with volleyball and women's basketball. Now, I have my frustrations, quite frankly, with both coaching staffs, because I I, I think you have two legitimate all-time program players. And I think they're ultimately going to underachieve. But it doesn't take away from the firework potential with both these teams. First off with volleyball, shout out to all the donors and K-State fans. We're now uh, surpassing over $100 million in donations for facilities ever since Gene Taylor's facility master plan went into work. Gene Taylor's a firework, getting $100 million for facility projects across the entire athletic department, not just football, not just basketball, volleyball, baseball, soccer. He's the man. So Gene Taylor's a firework as well. But we're gonna we're, we're soon to have the best volleyball facility in the entire nation. That's a firework. But Aaliyah Carter, unanimous all Big Twelve selection. This woman is an electric athlete as an outside hitter. I mean, if you didn't have some Olympians at Texas, she, she would be on the watch to be the Big 12 Player of the Year. And, and who knows? She might get it. She will get some Big 12 Player of the Week honors this year, 100%. But it's been a long time since we've seen an outside hitter with this longevity, this sort of career, freshman... Sophomore, now junior, at K-State. She is someone who this fall on ESPN Plus or if you're in Manhattan, get out to watch her because she's one of these all-time type players. K-State has a storied history with volleyball. If you go back and look at the history of, you know, the mid to late 90s to the early 2000s, Great history. Ahern used to just leave my ears ringing when I'd go to K-State volleyball games. I, I recall one time they actually had to stop letting students in for a K-State KU volleyball game my freshman or sophomore year. And I want to get back to that, especially when the new arena is built. But Aaliyah Carter brings the pop. She brings the fireworks. She brings the flash. She's the real deal. And then everyone knows Aoka Lee. I think the greatest K-State women's basketball player of all time. And there have been some greats. At a minimum, you could say the most dominant. Because especially in an era of basketball, where post moves and all that are all but gone, she can't be stopped. She is the firework. You could argue she's the biggest firework in K-State athletics. And I'm hoping we have an all-time type season for women's basketball because she deserves it and she has the potential. Now, there are some potential running mates with her. We saw a great recruiting class that Jeff Minnie put together that are going to come in and play with her. And they have some major games in their non-con. And then again, the gauntlet that is the Big 12 season. You have this new freshman class coming in. You have the three freshman guards with the Glenn sisters, the Glenn twins, and Serena Sundell. And they're going to have another year under them. Can, can one of them consistently be the firework next year? Serena Sundell, well, in hell, both the Glens, all three of them were freshman of the week at different points last season. But can we see the consistency? Can we see one of those three turn out to be a cons- consistent three-point shooter? Because, again, we have that firework in Aokali. Again, she is going to have her jersey in the rafters right next to Oldie, right next to Wecker, right next to Lenny. Brittany Chambers, you know, right next to all those all-time greats, she's going to be up there. I'm sure I'm missing one or two, and I apologize. But, but we have these all-time greats not just at, you know, in Deuce Fawn in Felix. We have these all-Americans at women's basketball with A-O-K-L-E. consensus all-Big 12 player with Aaliyah Carter over in volleyball. We got to enjoy it. We got to enjoy this next season because there are some real deal fireworks. That wraps it up, guys. Um, We'll have another show on Tuesday. Wednesday, hoping to have a show with Drew Galloway of K-State Online to talk about Avery Johnson. Unless shit hits the fan. Man, a lot of these shows are going to be old takes exposed if it doesn't go the way I hope it does hopefully talk about that. Thursday you'll hear the live show. Working on getting something for Friday. But folks, that's all I got. I hope you had a safe 4th of July, or you will have a safe 4th of July. And again, I I think celebrating Independence Day, celebrating all that is good about this country, I think that is a good thing. I know not everyone will agree with me, but I think it's a good thing. So do it safely. We'll talk to you soon. It's gonna be a fun week, boys and girls. We love ya. Hold a hand, Tico. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Two cars come. You got two cars come two different ways. Here you go, there. Bag up, bag up. Bag up, Terry. Put it in reverse, Terry. Put it in reverse. Oh, Lord. Lord, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. What the fuck? What, what you doing, Terry? Terry, what the doing? Go away. Go away. Go What? 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 <laughs>